praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, that your word is already anointed. Anoint our ears to hear it, Father God, as you want to say it to us in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Thank you for your word, God, and we commit to change in areas that we need to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, the first thing that I wanted to start off with, and if you would, uh, on the screen, go to Matthew 25, 1 through 4, and it is the King James Version. But the Lord gave me like a, uh, a pre-word. I was praying in the spirit um, about the message, and he just started giving me like a preface to the message, and I just started writing. So I'm going to read to you what I wrote. And then the other thing that confirmed it is at the end of Pastor's message this morning, he started talking about the children and the family. So that and this confirms each other. I boast not of myself, and that's me, but of thus saith the Lord. Gird your loins tighter, tighter with the belt of, the belt of truth. Hear the words today. Girding your loins is a call to be prepared. The fruit of your loins, offspring, whether it be natural offspring or spiritual, as many as will come calling in the spiritual sons and daughters. Be it unto, be it unto those of you who has natural sons and daughters. Woe unto you who do not prepare ye the way for your natural children. As it is written in Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Are your sons and daughters prophesying? Are they seeing visions? Are you dreaming dreams? If you claim to have begot the Holy Ghost and cover your family in the things of God, but Acts 2.17 are not in operation, you are missing the mark. You are not in preparation enough for the days that are upon us and ahead. Prepare the fruit of your offspring. Tighten up the belt of truth. Command with righteous authority the supernatural, even the more of your sons and your daughters and your young men. Pour out on them more by the spirit, supernatural ability for these last days. Stop placating in your hearts. Walk truthfully and honestly in your innermost being, righteousness and holiness. And what God is saying is when we are doing things in our home, our children have just as much vestige in what we're doing in the spirit and the supernatural as we do. Many times things that are going on in our home with you guys also, the supernatural in our children manifests itself. And a lot of times we as adults, we forget about our children. We just bring them along with us. But he said, no, include them in the supernatural. Raise them in the super. They, I don't care, even the two-year-old, 
And Pastor said it this morning, he was talking about Randy the third. He talked about things that he remembered from when he was two years old. And I can't fathom, how do you remember something from when you're two years old? You can if you tap into the supernatural. And it's the responsibility of the parents to pull the children into that. And we're living in a time where God will show his hand and he's going to pour his spirit out on them and they will begin to prophesy and they will begin to dream dreams, things that's going to help you in your situation. Whether you could be buying a home or buying a car, he will use your children to speak to that very thing. So pray with your children. Bring them into the supernatural. Your meetings with you and your wife or if you're a single parent and you're by yourself, Bring your children in. If you're a single parent, uh, uh, nurture them in the supernatural and, and let them join forces with you. The Bible says one can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. So you join forces with everybody that's in your home and pull them into the supernatural so that you can have the power and be ready and be prepared for what's coming on the world, in the world and what's already here, the beginning of what's to come. Amen? Amen. And that was the word from the Lord. That was something specific that he wanted me to say. Okay? So, um, let's get to our message. The title of our message is The Anointing. Pastor's been talking about uh, Matthew 25, 1 through 4 as our theme scripture. And we're going to start at verse 1. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, verse 4. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And it says five were wise, five were foolish. And so I started thinking about the representation of the oil. The oil represented the anointing. What is the anointing? It's the yoke destroying, burden removing power of your life. Examine your life. If there are areas in your life where you have things missing and lacking and there is no fruit there, you need the anointing. And if you're missing the anointing in areas of your life, you are missing the mark. And I'm not talking about spiritual growth. We all have different levels of spiritual growth. We're all on different levels of spiritual growth. But some of us, God said, are placating, which means we're giving consolation prizes to God. He's saying this. He's asking for this. And we're giving him this. But he says, no, those five foolish virgins, that's what they were doing. They were giving him this, but he was asking for this. So he's saying, check your heart, the innermost part of your being, and make sure you're being honest. That scripture that I read earlier about girding your loins with truth, we want truth in the inward parts. Some of us, when God shines the light on the truth, we ignore it. We don't, we don't pay attention to it. But he's saying, be careful, not be careful, but to make sure that when he's speaking to you in your innermost being about those areas where you've shunned truth, that you take it on and that you do what he's telling you to do with it. Because we want fruit in every area of 
our lives. And go back and ask the Lord, God, give me the anointing for this area. If, if you struggle, give me the anointing in this area of my life. I want you to go to Isaiah 10 and 27, if you would, in the King James Version. Isaiah 10 and 27. And it says, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, if you would put it up there in the amplified version, please. Okay, and amplifies, it says, and it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness which present, prevents it from going around your neck. And the word that I particularly paid attention to was fatness. What is fat when you're cooking? It's oil. It's oil. So it's talking about the anointing. We are to have the anointing working in every area of our lives. If you're busted and disgusted in an area, you ask for the anointing. If your husband won't do right in an area, God, I need the anointing. If your children won't do right, they won't line up, won't be obedient the way you want to, if it's something you're pressing in on and it won't move, God, give me the anointing in that area. Make sure you're being truthful in your loins. Make sure you're being truthful about the thing. And then once you've allow God to search your heart to help you make sure you're truthful, then you can say, okay, God, I need the anointing to get this done because it's the anointing that is the burden removing, yoke destroying. A lot of times we say it breaks the yoke. No, it destroys it. It destroys it. And God, fill it up again. Make it new again. If you have no integrity, you have no anointing. I thought of this in my mind when I was writing this down. I thought about it as from a, a, a wife's perspective. I remember back in the day when Pastor and I was having hard times and we were learning how to be married. This was years and years ago. And I said to myself, the devil said it, actually. And I was trying to see if I was going to agree with it. And I heard in my head, I wished I'd have left him where he was. The devil spoke. You know, the devil, he, he don't care who you are. He didn't care that I was a minister's wife. That's the thought that he fed, fed me in my head. So I had to decide if I was going to agree with it. And so the Holy Spirit arrested me and said, hey, what are you doing? What do you think? Are you agreeing with this? And so I had to put my foot down and said, no, I'm going to gird myself up in my whole, whole, most holy faith. And you know what I began to do? And I began to pray the prayers of heaven over that situation. I did not walk in a lack of integrity. I pushed in on the anointing. I prayed in the spirit. That's the anointing. You cannot be full of pride and operate in the anointing. Full of yourself. Full of your thoughts and your ideas. One of the exercises that I used to do to make sure that I stayed uh, out of pride. Like if I would go to the, you know, and, and a lot of times women can be uh, tempted to be vain. 
So I would go to the store and buy a new dress. And this was back when I was my ideal weight or whatever. And I'd go buy a new dress. I knew it looked good. The dress was, a lot of times you can get, get an outfit and the, the outfit is wearing you. Well, I wasn't, the outfit was not wearing me. I was wearing the outfit. And I knew it looked nice on me. And I went to get it out of my closet one morning and put it on. And I felt this kind of like, you know, hmm. And the Holy Spirit said, what are you going to do with that? I put the dress back on the hanger and wore it four Sundays later. And I did not pull that dress out of the closet until that thing went away. That's how you got to handle the devil when he comes to bring his filthiness into your life. And, I, and, and that's a small thing, that wearing a dress. That's a small thing. Some people might say, oh, that ain't nothing. But carnality begat, begats carnality. The more of it that you take in, the more of it that you're going to put out. That's what it attracts. The devil tempts you with one thing in one area. If he can get you to do that, no matter how small it is, he's going to move you to the next thing, and you're just going to graduate and graduate, and before you know it, you're somewhere that you never meant to be in your spirit, and you don't want to do that. The other thing that you have to do and watch out for is you can't be selfish. You cannot be selfish and walk in the anointing. I call it the me, myself, and I syndrome. I remember uh, years ago, I was a very private person, still am a private person. I, I grew up in a home full of people that were private people. And in my house, people did not come in and out of my house. You had to call and make an appointment to come over. Pastor was raised a different way. He was, he was raised open. He, his, his family um, in Charlotte, his family was the the center for the children in the neighborhood. They came over. Mama Long fed them and gave them drink, and they played all day long. That was not, my house was very quiet. It sounded like 90-year-old people lived in that house. All you could hear was the clock ticking on the wall. So I wasn't raised like that. And so I had a decision to make. He was a minister, and he was wanting people to come in. Now, there's a balance, and he talks about that where you just can't have people uh, run roughshod. You have to use wisdom. This is an evil day. You can't let anybody in your space. But I had an issue. I was selfish. The Lord pointed that out to me. He said the reason that it makes your skin crawl for people to be in your home is selfishness. Part of what you learned in your home is selfish. It has a selfish slant on it. What I learned, how I internalized it. I'm not saying that's what my parents did, but that's how I internalized it. And so the Holy Spirit said, what did Jesus do? Didn't he go in the homes of the sinners and didn't he spend time with the undesirables? So he, I was faced with the decision. What are you going to do? Are you going to continue to be selfish? Do you want the anointing or do you want to continue to stay selfish? So I decided to walk with the anointing. And so when pastor would have people to come over, I would bite my tongue and say, God, help your daughter and whatever it is that you're wanting to do, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. And that gave room for the 
anointing. There's no me, myself, and I syndrome. Room for, my, room for that syndrome in the anointing. And then the other thing that you can't do, you cannot be lazy. You cannot be full of laziness. And I thought about immediately yesterday, I was uh, laying in the bed, and we had had a long day yesterday. And um, probably about 2 o'clock, I was laying there, and I, I heard, I had an unction. Uh, the Holy Spirit said, why don't you go to the lake and spend some time with me? And I was like, I'm tired. I started telling the Holy Spirit as if he wasn't there, all these things that I had done today. I've done this and then that, and I'm tired, okay? So, um, and I didn't think I was being lazy at that point because I had an excuse, you know? I was tired. We'd done a lot of stuff, so I was tired. And so, um, then about 5 o'clock, I think it was around the time when you start seeing, looking outside and know it's getting ready to get dark, pastor came in the room and he said what if you preach tomorrow and immediately I was like that's why the Holy Spirit was want me to go to the lake and begin to prepare myself so sometimes we get lazy with my weight sometimes I hate exercising I hate exercising I would rather starve myself of food than to exercise Starving myself, starvation is easier to me than exercising. I'll go two days without eating. If God gave me a deal and say, okay, do not eat for five days and run in two miles, I would take the no eating for five days. I kid you not. And so, but I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm seeing more and more of things of how God see it and, and not wanting so much of what I want, but I want more of how he sees it. And so sometimes I have these images of myself. If I could, you know how you want somebody to get up and get moving and you kick them? I, I, sometimes I wish I could just some kind of way kick myself, get up, get moving. Let's get with the program because laziness does not result in the anointing. The more of the things that you do and walk in the anointing, the more fruit you will possess. Examine your fruit. The fruit is how you know what you've done. If you have no fruit in an area in your life, you've not done enough in that area. And you cannot not have integrity. You cannot be full of pride. You cannot be selfish. And you cannot be lazy. The five foolish virgins, the five wise virgins. They kept their all full. They were obviously, the five foolish were placating. God was asking for one thing, they were giving him something else. They were smoothing things over. They were busy looking like they were like the five wise. They were looking like they were the five wise, but in their hearts, obviously they weren't. They were offering God this when he was asking for that. Do you ever get to the point where you feel like you want more of God than you can get at one time? Sometimes I sit in the presence of God and, I mean, you can't, the, the Bible says to run your race with patience. It's patience. And sometimes you want to be further. I felt that. You want to be further than you really are and you just, 
you just wish you, you want more glory than, than you're able. You're like, God, if I could just some kind of way get it in there and get it, get it going and get it, get it doing. Well, it's those times that you deny yourself of no integrity, deny yourself of pride, deny yourself of selfishness and laziness, take on those challenges, and then that anointing, it builds up to where you're wanting God to do in an instant which is not going to happen. You got to do the work. And that's the next thing, which is the last thing, close to the last thing that I have, which is the last thing that prep pastor said is we got to press in the spirit to get the anointing. Galatians 5 and 16 says that if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. A lot of times we focus on the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, but God wants us to be spirit-minded. That, that scripture says that if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I don't know if you're getting that. If you walk in the spirit, so instead of focusing on what you can't do, you need to focus on what you can do because that scripture says that if you spend time walking in the spirit, you won't gratify the desires of your flesh. You got to press in to the spirit. You got to press in to the spirit of God. Don't be lazy. When he brings up stuff that's in your heart that's not right, have integrity, face it. Don't be selfish and don't be lazy. Amen. Amen. I have another little story that was an appointment that I had to have and I made the appointment but there was something the next day that came up that was blocking it and I could have I could have done some more things to make the appointment happen I was like I don't feel like going through all of that so I just kind of laid back on it the appointment fell through and I say, I'll just go the next day. Well, turns out that the appointment, the person that I needed to see, wasn't going to be there that day, wasn't going to be there the next day, wasn't going to be there Monday, wasn't going to be there Tuesday, and wasn't going to be there Wednesday. And by Wednesday, it's too late to get done what I needed to get done five days before. So I missed that whole thing. But it's because I did not press into that unction. So there, you know, in these days, they're, they're gonna, you're going to sense these unctions. You know, the, God is not a a, a, a lot of times the Holy Spirit is not a, a loud, boisterous, a, a thunderous voice. You got to get attentive to the small, the little unctions, the little bitty things that God is saying. Because if you don't, you're going to look up and you're going to miss it. I needed to press into that unction that I had. And if I had, the fruit would have completed the task. I would have received the fruit that would have completed that task. Your families, your children, children are precious and they are pure. You know, children, small children, they, they've just come from God. Their spirits have just come from God. So they're pure. You know, we're, we're old and, well, in, in Christ we're new. We're new people. We're new in Christ, but we're not as pure. We've been 
our flesh has been tainted uh, once we get older to a certain degree. But children, if they're, especially if they're kept in a safe environment, they're pure because their spirits have just come from God. And so they are perfect instruments for God to use. We saw that over and over and over in our homes. And so I want to reiterate that. You parents that have children, bring your children into the supernatural so that you can have the anointing flowing in your home in full effect, not just in one or two people, but in everybody in that house. There's not a time that we prayed for anything that we've not been able to pull our children in and pray with us. And they pray just as hard just as fervent, they receive the dreams, they get visions, words of knowledge, all kinds of gifts flowing. And that's a benefit to the whole house. And then it benefits the kingdom of God. And so he's wanting you to press in on that. He's, he's wanting us to stop being, thinking so much about ourselves. Call the things that need to be done into existence. Put off your flesh, your stinking flesh, the no integrity and the pride and the selfishness and the laziness and gird yourselves up, press into the anointing and then watch God change some things in Jesus name. And that's all I had. It's just a little bit more than what pastor uh, had already said. So if you are in here today and as I was speaking and there were things in your mind that you could think of where you need to press into because God is not if it's in his word if it's in his will it belongs to you it belongs to you it's your right he just needs you to press in you need to press in we need to not be lazy those unctions if we got to pray a little harder pray a little harder if we got to meditate on his word a little longer, meditate a little longer. If you get the end result, what difference does that meditation a little bit longer make? Praying a little harder, what difference does it make? So if you can think of some things in your mind while I was speaking that you need to press in to the anointing, I want you to stand on your feet and I'm going to pray with you. And we all, and that's why I gave you examples. We all have things that we need to press into. God's doing a different thing. We're in a different dispensation. And so we need to do things differently. And so, Father, as we lift our hands today, we commit these things, every person in this room, God, you know them in their hearts, Lord. You know what they're thinking. You know their thoughts. And God, you know what they've been, been, tip, been being tempted with. And so, Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your yoke-destroying, burden-removing power in their lives. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I yoke arms with them in every area where they've not seen fruit manifest. 
I yoke arms with them in the spirit. And I press in with them. And Father, those of us that are on the sound of our voice today, God, that are serious, not just doing this as a religious act, not just doing this because I, I asked you to be nice, but they're serious about pressing into your anointing in these areas in their life. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that that thing is going to be made manifest in your time, in your plan, in your will. But now is the time of faith, God. Today is the day of salvation. And we release our faith on that thing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we commit to you, Lord, whatever those nudgings are that you've been asking us for in every area, a little bit more, just a little bit more. And that's all that it takes is a little bit more. Father, you said that if we just had the faith the size of a mustard seed, sometimes we find out if we just press in just a little bit more, that thing comes to fruition. And so we commit to it today in the name of Jesus with the whole hearts. Not out of religious ceremonial things, Father, but with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name. And we expect your anointing to take over and make it what your will is in our lives. We pray a special prayer for our children, God. Thank you, Lord, for holy children. Thank you, Lord, for a chosen generation, a holy nation that you've set apart for your glory. God, these children in this room, they are in the households of anointed parents. And I thank you, God, that you're going to begin using them now in the name of Jesus more than ever. I thank you, Lord, that as these families join forces with their children, God, that they begin to see exponential signs, wonders, and miracles manifest. Thank you that your spirit will be revealed through these children in Jesus' name, even the more, even the more, God, because it is your will. We love you, God. We thank you, and we give you the glory for it. We give you the glory for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen.